Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so come once and for all decide who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey, I'm joined as always by Sam Blakely. Hello Sam. Hello Hugh, how are you doing mate? Yeah, I'm good, how are you bud? Pretty decent, pretty decent. Have you had an eventful week? Have you seen any films etc? Uh, no, I haven't seen any other films other than this week's film. The listeners I really are seething uh, every week that we don't really watch many films. I did finally go to the cinema this week. It's been a, a bit of a hectic couple of weeks to try and get there. So I went to see House of Gucci. Oh, that looks interesting. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's it's quite good. Um, it felt very long. It's about two and a half hours, which wasn't helped by the fact that I needed a, a wee for about the last 30 minutes and I had no idea how long was left. The thing I have to say is Jared Leto absolutely fucking ruins it. He, It's amazing. He's actually achieved something where he's turned every second he's on screen into about three hours. <laughs> and and I don't know how uh, how kind of realistic the accent is he's doing, but it's a very... Mario Pizza Pie. Yeah, I hear it's very Mario. But he's there to be comedic. And people in the, in the audience in the theatre were laughing. And I don't know if they just don't have as much of a hatred for Jared Leto as he's healthy. Um, and they just or they didn't realise it was him because it really doesn't look like him at all mm. and I just I, I just wanted to claw my eyes out he's a, and he's, he's he's a he's a major character but he's on screen probably less than the other main characters and I just he just ruined every scene even though Al Pacino tended to be the one he was opposite in oh, his dear. scenes so he's, he sort he's of brought so it down for me miss, isn't he he's either really good <sighs> but so good. unlikable as a person you know yeah he's a bit of a dick isn't he but he's a, he's either really good or he's just Jared. Jared, you're in a different, different film, mate. Yeah. I haven't else. seen a lot of his supposedly very good appearances. I still haven't seen Requiem for a Dream. Have you seen um, Dallas Buyers Club? I haven't seen that either. Exactly. So I've only I mean, really that's seen still him a Matthew being McConaughey really annoying. film. Really, he is in yeah, it. He's did, good he get, in uh, it. did he get a nom for it? For I think he won. Did he? Actor. He won it. He won for Requiem for a Dream. I want to say. No, he won for. Did he win it again for that? No, I think uh, he won for Dallas Buyers Club. Did he not win for Requiem for a Dream? No, I don't think he did. Did that I win any Oscars? Well, I don't know. I, th- I thought he won the Oscar for that, but I must be wrong. Um, but yeah, I just, I just cannot stand the man. And I think the more, the more he seems to allow to be allowed to do his thing, the the worse he is, and the worse the film is. A la Suicide Squad twenty sixteen. <laughs> is it just Suicide Squad twenty sixteen that you hate him for? Is that what it, is that the real? That was where I realised. Oh my god, what a bellend. I thought he was good then, in Blade Runner. He's not in it for long. Yeah, he was good. I mean, but I was still kind of like, oh, I hate this guy. But he's, I, I think it was good casting like because he's because so, he's very he's quite an eccentric guy in real life. Isn't it was he? supposed to be Bowie, wasn't it? But um, obviously, he was too dead to, to do it. And I, I would have preferred Bowie. I think yeah, it's fair to say Bowie would have been better. But I just don't yeah, know. Did just, David, could David like Bowie a, act, or was he just being David Bowie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen him in films. I've like just, I've never seen Labyrinth. You never see. Oh, right, I'm sticking yeah, that right on your list. On the yeah, list. labyrinth. Yeah. Um, yeah, man who fell to earth is is good. And obviously, you've seen the prestige is, is in that. As he is in the prestige, but he's not in it again. He doesn't do. No, he's not in it for a long time. I, I'm no, not. I, actor, from I what I've seen of him, I'm not convinced he can. He's not that he hasn't got screen presence, but I don't know if he's an actor. I think he's a well. This is what Jared Leto established, like um, demonstrates to me. Jared Leto and Keanu Reeves established to me is that you can be technically a good actor, you know, portraying emotions and stuff, but and you can be bad at that. If you're likable and bad at it, I'll like you. And I think that's a sort of good acting in the sense of 
you know, Keanu Reeves, I like him uh, and I like his character. I think Keanu Jared Reeves Leto, probably t- gets quite a technically bad, good actor, but I don't, I don't like his acting because yeah. I hate him when he's on screen. Yeah. Just being a likeable screen presence is actually quite a talent. I always think um, Keanu you know. Reeves gets a bad rap for being a bad actor, but I think he might have, I think at one point, like he's so up and down in say like something like Point Break where it's jarring. And, and he was miscast a lot as a, as a young actor and and sort of pigeonholed as a dude, surfer dude. Yeah. So when he's in Dra- Dra- Bram Stoker's Dracula, you know, he's awful because he's totally miscast. Well, he's not He's not English. <laughs> no, and, and he, he can't, can't do, do an do English accent. He can't do that. No. He can't do that attitude. As John Wick is great, as, as Neo is great, yeah. Point Break is great. Like, Neo's a very... Like I like him as Neo in the Matrix because that that character, the person who he plays, is meant to be detached and aloof, you know, yeah, what I mean? and, a, and a complete like empty vessel that that's just going, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're, and he's but he's great as uh, as Ted in Bill and Ted. Yeah, he's great because, as that. Yeah, he's he, got he, great can, he can tap timing. into that quite well. Yeah, and and he kind of taps into a sort of ironic version of that in Point Break. But, but like I say, Jared Leto, I just. He's probably quite good at portraying the character, but I just cannot stand him. So shall, to me, sort of lacks some ability there. Shall Shall we move on? <laughs> Let's move on. Before we, been, this becomes, been, please don't watch this Venom actor. About poor Jared Leto for yeah. nearly five minutes here. So yeah, Kausa Gucci, yay nay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere between the two. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some good bits. It looks gorgeous. You know, it looks great, and Adam Driver is always wonderful. How come Ridley Scott's had, is quite good. Ridley Scott's literally had two films out in like a month apart, hasn't he? Because must have been COVID delaying yeah. things. Last Duel, I've never been less excited to watch a film, and he's blaming that on millennials not being able to get away from their. But films. then, if people it's are like, going, well, it just to see it just, this I, film, the trailer, you know, it wasn't advertised. I think this film's made money though because people want to see it because it's got the name Gucci attached to it. And also, it's had some, uh, you know, advertisement, <laughs> which last year never really got. No, it and, didn't. Uh, anyway, but, but yeah. people probably clicked on this uh, episode expecting us to talk about Gone Baby Gone. So let's. I think we've, they we've might done have six done minutes there. I that's, think they might have done. that's pushing our limits, yeah. isn't but it? We can, so why don't we, we talk can, about we it? We can get through this first chunk quickly. <laughs> uh, so yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Please Watch This after you went away there for a few minutes while Sam was talking about his hatred for Jared Leto. One oh, day I think I we might do a whole podcast where he just vents. <laughs> yeah, but quite therapeutic, today those. we're talking about the 2007 film directed by Ben Affleck. Writ- screenplay was written by him and Aaron Stockard based on the Dennis uh, Lehane novel Gone Baby Gone, and that's the movie with his brother in the lead role, Michelle Monaghan, uh, Morgan Freeman. Or Ed, his brother Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, his brother Michelle Monaghan. His brother <laughs> Casey Affleck. <laughs> his <laughs> Michelle Monaghan, Morgan Freeman, Ed Harris. Uh, I'm tempted to say Titus Welliver here. I've never been sure how to pronounce that guy's name. <laughs> and Amy Ryan, as these all mm. play characters. Let's not forget Michael K. Williams, God rest him. Yeah, he's not really in this though, but God not rest him. Not very much. Um, yeah, so it's basically Gone Baby Gone. Sam, you didn't say you knew much about this last week. Do you, any, I knew nothing about it, actually. Nothing. Yeah, you were like really Snow. less than nothing. Very, very Jon Snow-esque, yeah. not that one. Yeah, I was similar myself. I, I, I didn't... I kind of vaguely knew that it was directed by Ben Affleck, but uh, somebody showed me the film. I was surprised at how good it was. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, actually, when I first saw it. Uh, definitely... You know, it see, we seem to have done basically like a history of violence. Um, 
what did we do after that? Obviously, we did V for Vendetta, and I want to Man on Fire. Man on Fire. So th- we had a bit of a blip going to tw- all the way to twenty fifteen with Green Room. Yeah, so we've had all these return back to the mid but, mid noughties. But I feel like we've had a run of like really solid. I know, like obviously, V for Vendetta is sort of a bit comic-y and cartoony but if you take mm. out, take that away the last like four or five films we've done have sort of been really gritty yeah. haven't they gritty thrillers yeah yeah real grown up adult films haven't they and I'm yeah. quite enjoying that <laughs> that'll, watch. Change. that'll change next week <laughs> I'm enjoying I was yeah, yeah. I was genuinely <laughs> enjoying doing some proper films but yeah <laughs> that, that's going to end but more about that later so yeah would you would you like a uh, brief give us a rundown synopsis? on why you love it Hugh. I'll give you a synopsis, oh, synopsis first, first yeah, and then, why not? Why and then not? we can Remind tell you what I like yeah. uh, so it's basically a young girl goes missing in Boston um, Casey Affleck and Michelle Monaghan they're a couple they got their their PIs like they're quite green they're very young but their job is to find people who don't know who will be found usually this means more like criminals essentially or people you know avoiding the police or whatever for various reasons uh, as Casey Affleck calls it people who fall through the cracks um, and they're basically hired by the aunt and uncle of the missing girls um, to see if they can look into it they're very reluctant at the beginning because you know Michelle Monaghan's character um, Angie she says she doesn't want to find a child in a dumpster they just they don't feel like they can handle it but reluctantly they decide to do it because they've got connections to the street you know they're from the block where it happened you know they they, they know people and they can talk to people and get information out of people who perhaps the police can't get the information out of um our probably third trip to Boston. Yeah, Boston. Yeah, to Southie. To South. Yeah, this is. Wait, what was it? The fighter. And... Well, the fighter wasn't in Southeast. That was in. No, yeah, but, but that was Boston. in what part of Boston? That was in a town, I think. Oh, I'll think about that. What's the uh, other film? What was the other film? film? It is our third uh, trip, isn't it? You're right. Yeah, there was We've another one. I can't remember oh no, we did. Um, yes, it was Spotlight, wasn't it? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Spotlight. Yeah, so. Yeah. There's and obviously it's kind of like a crime sort of it's a neo noir police procedural sort of film. It's got twists, it's got turns, but um, yeah, it's got moral questions. So Sam, would you like to know why I like it so much? Give it, give it. Well, it. I mean, it. I kind. I almost forgot. It's been a few years since I'd seen it, and I actually forgot some of the plot points of this film. And I was. That's, that's how you want to watch a film. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> you know, and one major plot point I completely forgot because I. And we I'm, are going to spoil this. Yeah. Film so do you want to know? Seen what, maybe would you like? To, it's on the UK Netflix right now. Yeah. Right? So spoiler alert right here. So do you want to know the major spoiler I forgot and I was kind of criticising Man on Fire for? <laughs> was uh, The girl is alive. Yes, and I totally <laughs> forgot that she lives in this. I completely, because I was like, oh no, the kid dies in it. And it was a different kid. And I, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so that so that aside, I was like, oh yeah, shit. But actually upon watching it the second time, what I really enjoyed was the morality of it. The, the moral question between, you know, should this child be... Should the child be with its mother, who in her own way loves a child but doesn't quite care for her the way that society and the world expects her to? Or should she be left with clearly loving surrogate parents who will, you know, take her, put her in the good schools, give her the good life? You know, she'll, she won't grow up, she won't be um, sort of 
uh, yeah, she won't be sort of in this, you know, rundown household where, you know, she might end up not getting a great life herself. You know, the, the, um, Michelle Monahan's character goes, you know, talks about, you know, we'll know what school she's in, we'll know what grade she's in. And yeah, there's this, this moral message of basically, is it right for good people to do bad things to bad people, essentially? And mm. Casey Affleck's character is, he does... He does one bad thing in this that he's very torn up about, and then he does another good thing, but he's very torn up about it because essentially the mother of the child, um, the young girl in it, she's called, name forgets, oh crikey, um, Amanda, isn't it? Yeah, the young Amanda, mm-hmm, she's, yeah. she's basically like, you know, he does a good thing for her, but is it the right thing for her, if that makes sense? And so he's conflicted by doing, like I said, he does a bad thing, maybe for the right reason, and he does a good thing, again, what he thinks is the right reason. If you know, if you know what I mean, you know, you know what I mean. We'll talk about. I think, I think when we get into if your, you've seen the film, you know what it means. Yeah, I think if you haven't, you've got no chance. No, <laughs> no. And yeah, I think Sam will talk, probably go get into more of this. I think when you. Mm. Uh, when you talk about it. So, Shell, would you like to know what I like about this film? I thought that was what you liked. You like, let me tell you, tell me some more uh, things. Would you like, like to know some more things? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very grounded. It's very, um, it's got great performances. I think Ed Harris really kicks it in the dick in this film. His third appearance, I believe. What was his first? Apollo 13 and uh, History of Violence. Oh, yeah, he's in Apollo 13, isn't he? Yeah, he was good in a History of Violence, but I think in this he gets a bit more range and he's a lot shoutier and he's a lot more intense and you know, <laughs> it's quite scary in it. I think that's really good. Uh, it's got a good twist. Like, I literally didn't see the twist coming <laughs> because I'd forgotten despite watching this film about seven or eight years ago. Uh, and it's got a bittersweet ending, which is very... Very, very real. Do you know what I mean? It's not, not, not everyone's. You know, literally, people die in the end of the film, and there's, and there's, um, you know, I'll spot again, spoiler. You know, he ends up breaking up with his girlfriend, does Patrick, uh, Casey Affleck's character, because he made what he thought was the right choice, but wasn't the right choice for his girlfriend, and she couldn't not hate him for that or something which was really sad and they don't resolve it they're just broken up aren't they it's uh, kind of they certainly are it's very different and then and then it ends with just him and Amanda sat on the sofa yeah and it's a great shot and it shows that there's like a bond maybe between he feels like there's a bond but do you feel like there's a bond between them um, I thought he was going to kidnap her right then and there <laughs> and take her in <laughs> that would make a, such a good sequel wouldn't it if he was just like he goes back to uh, oh it's 14 years later and uh, Angie. <laughs> he just kidnapped her and that's their life now yeah if he just went back to Angie and went look I've taken her never mind the, the bent copper compromise yeah compromise yeah um, it's yeah and I think you know I think credit to Ben Affleck here he's not I won't say he's very showy in his directing in his the shot composition. You know, this is his first feature. You know, it's quite standard shots. It's there's no real like ridiculous shots that stand out. Maybe there's a few, but not many. There's there's some intensity to it, which I quite enjoy. You know, he creates a good atmosphere and he he does police procedural sort of neo noir really well. I thought um, maybe not 
his other film, what was it, that came out just before one of the Batman films or something, that wasn't very Ar- well received. Argo? No, that, that, obviously that was the Oscar no, one, wasn't it? Yeah. But there was one, I can't remember the name of it, that got absolutely panned. I don't know. I, I, just, I never know if it's a benefit. I mean, there was The Accountant. Is that, was that no, his? that's good. I just know he was in I've that. I can't that. really can't remember what films he's directed um, and hasn't directed, to be honest. I'd have to, I'll have to quickly check. But yeah, he, but it was like another neo-noir and it just apparently just tanked um, because everyone was asking him about Batman versus Superman at the time um, <laughs> and yeah he wasn't he wasn't too happy about all that to be honest which was a little bit <laughs> I'm not going to lie was a little bit funny <laughs> if I'm being honest with you oh what was the film called? Do, you know, do you remember when IMDB used to be just easy to go through um, <laughs> It does feel like it's a niche thing now if you want to find out an actor's filmography. Like, it's just one of 50 things and it's just tucked away at all filmography. Oh, li- Live by Night, that was the name of it. Live oh, by see, Night. Forgettable. Yeah. 6.4 on, uh, yeah, on IMDb. Like, but, it must be disappointing to put two years into your life into a project like that and go, oh, this will be forgotten and it'll get 6.4 and nobody, it will be nobody in the world's favourite film. Yeah. Oh, Listener, if Live by Night film. is your favourite film, get in touch Do. and please watch Pod. Yeah, oh my god, it had a hundred... Oh my god, this film had a hundred and eight million dollar budget and only grossed 22. That's piss poor, isn't it? Yeesh. That is piss poor. Sam, I think it's time for us to go for a break. And well, then... other things I won't like. What do you think oh, I will Oh gosh, think? yes. Um, I think it's standard fare with you, boring bland man film alert perhaps. Uh, although I don't think you're going to think this because I think Casey Affleck's quite good in this and I think you'll enjoy his performance. Um... Maybe you might have been, because we watched Man on Fire recently, you might be like, oh, well, the girl's alive. You haven't seen a body, so yeah, she's definitely not dead. Um, but I think there's enough in here and enough sh- enough interesting and shocking and real things in this film. And uh, do you know what? I was kind of playing on your heartstrings a little bit. I was trying to be like, yo, Sam's a dad. I'm going to try To and- a four-year-old girl. Yeah, and be like, you know, let's get him, like... Let's try and see if I can get an emotional reaction out of him when the, you know, with the, this with this story. I thought I thought I might, and there's there's a, obviously there's a scene, there's a shot, there's what it's like barely two or three frames, yeah. isn't it? And it's that poor boy, and it's fucking harrowing, isn't it? That shot, and you know, I think I almost had Casey Affleck's um, reaction. You know, thank God, you know, that's the you wanted to pop a cap in someone's well, head. yeah, but that was one of those where you just like thank God it's just a film sort of thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, and that that like your suspension of disbelief kicks you know stopped working for that second but they they just flash it up just enough to to make it really like we were saying weren't we before where you don't really mm. see dead kids on can you can you kill a kid on screen yeah and i just don't know if you're not allowed to or if people just don't want people to don't that, want to so do they it don't. do they so yeah so maybe, i think maybe you can't maybe it's like showing um women getting hit on WWF you know in, in the kind of midday showing on a Sunday morning <laughs> it always comes to the audience yeah so um, so yeah we answered a question we asked earlier didn't we a few weeks back can you show dead kids mm. yes you can and I'd forgotten actually can you show them being killed anyway that's another yeah that is a, if you that know, if you know can filmmakers show a, fil- show a kid getting actually killed you, you can uh, see the kids dead the body podcast. as we have seen in uh, yeah. this film and, and, and in Schindler's in List and in the Schindler's lost films but it's just can you show them being killed anyway uh, yeah train spotting dead baby yeah 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 anyway Sam let's find out after this break (laughs) 
Hello and welcome back to part two of Please Watch This. And we're doing Gone Baby Gone, so we're going to ask Sam about his opinions. Now, Sam, one thing I am curious to know about is how much in your head were you thinking about Man on Fire and comparing it to this? Because I think we've done them very close together and there are similarities, but I think they're very different films. Yeah, I think it's such different styles. It's impossible yes. not to make a comparison since we've done it so recently, but it wasn't in my head affecting my enjoyment of the film. Good. That's good. Um, but yeah, first thing, what the fuck are you thinking? Right? <laughs> I remember saying to you, right, when we started doing this podcast, oh, I don't really like films about dead kids now I'm father. <laughs> so here's one about abducting literally a four-year-old girl, which is the age of my daughter now. <laughs> do, do you know what? I didn't realise she was four, to be fair. That's, that's so, yeah. Well, that's it. Movies make you feel things, Sam. That's the yeah, idea. But this is why I haven't seen, uh, what's it called, Don't Look Now, because don't don't I don't, I don't want to see... I don't want to. But anyway, that aside, I was what expecting... What did you like about this film? Sam? I was expecting such a bland film. It, re- it has to be said. I, I was really expecting that. But I was I was won over very early on. Yeah, it has to be said. Really? It is, it is gritty and grounded, like you say, but it's, um, it's kind of more complicated than I was thinking it was going to be. Um, yeah, it, it it starts off one thing, doesn't it? And they make you... They kind of make you think, oh, it's about the money, and they make you think it's about... You know that this gangster's got the, the guy Cheese has got um, has got the girl, and then yeah, they, and but that's like it, an hour in. That's less than that, yeah. It's like forty nine minutes they go to the it, quarry. It's very much know. a film of two halves, I think. Yeah, and which is very true of, of Man on Fire as well. And um, I think what I really liked about this, we talk a lot about themes, but mm. similar to a theme of a, of a film is its moral message mm. uh, or moral quandary or moral well, question. Uh, the morality of something can be a theme of the film, can't it? Yeah, exactly. So that's And so whenever I think about writing something, uh, which not that I've done much of, it is a case of, I'll think of like a conundrum, like uh, whatever it might be anyway, like do we have free will or whatever? And then... I'll I'll want it to, I'll try and design it where we've got maybe four characters and if there's four possible perspectives on a conundrum like that then I'll have those four characters represent those four things and I think this film manages to do that so well because you have this this uh, Casey Affleck versus Ed Harris's character and then uh, you also have um, Michelle Monaghan's character Angie and these are all kind of looking at this thing from different angles um, you know and. And I mean, really, it's kind of Casey Affleck against uh, Casey Affleck against the rest of the guys. They all kind mm. of agree that essentially that murder isn't always a sin. It does depend who you do it to, and that there is there is sort of limits to this uh, this morality. And and again, it's kind of cutting you straight to the end. I couldn't believe the ending when he comes down to the quandary of do I rat on Morgan Freeman's character and potentially ruin this girl's life or do, uh, which is kind of the moral thing to do in in one from one point of view or do I do think what, what what's really the right thing to do which is look the other way and I genuinely couldn't believe that he did it that he ratted on him but it in a and this is positive for the film sometimes we talk about characters making stupid decisions it's only usually it's a character makes a stupid decision by our standards in this case a character makes a decision that is totally on brand with that character you know in his discussion with Ed Harris's character Ed Harris believes that you can kill some people Casey Affleck's character Pat definitely thinks you 
you can't just kill anybody you like. Murder is a sin regardless. And so his decision is completely in character and it's a wonderful part of this conflict that he has with his girlfriend, Morgan Freeman's character, and basically everyone on the force. You know, even even at the procession for um, the funeral of Nick, uh, the officer comes up and says, great job on killing that yeah. guy, you know. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, that's, so well. it's an interesting thing that, that you say because he kills that guy pretty much in cold blood. He doesn't... Yeah. That guy's not trying to attack him. He's just... He, he has murdered And I'm surprised child. he doesn't really he, yeah. get questioned about that, you know. But no. I suppose because there's, you could say, well, there was guns in the house, he charged at me and I shot him. And also, nobody wanted I that d- guy to live. I don't think know? the police I think it's cared. as simple as that. It's just like, it was, well, we would have wanted to kill him ourselves. It's Yeah, it's like street justice, isn't it? You know, the yeah. police, you know, are the law, essentially, sometimes, aren't they? And, and if, that they, is, that's they, if so they're happy with that, yeah, if they're happy with it, then... They're not going to prosecute it. There might be a, you know, that, yeah, that could be another thing of, you know, this film I think is really good. It's a really good mm. film. And it's a shame that Ben Affleck and and Casey Affleck and Michelle Monon didn't go on to make more of these um, Patrick and... Um, mm. G, uh, G, what's she called? Jan G. Because there's four novels, and I think you could have explored if you wanted to write some original, get um, the the novelist to write some original, like an original screenplay. You could have explored. Well, actually, the police wanted that guy dead, but actually, you sometimes you get like I know you've got dis, district attorneys, haven't you, in America, and they might be like, well, that guy might have been a paedophile and he might be a child murderer, but did he deserve to be murdered in cold blood? And That's then you've right. got, you could do have, have a, Do they have the death penalty in that state? I don't know. Yeah, you, you could know, have You a, can't execute people that are bad. <laughs> yeah, just because you think, just because you know they've done a heinous thing, yeah. And it would be interesting, you could have a, you could have had like a courtroom drama where he has to defend his, defend himself almost. Mm. Well, that's and it, and I think, The you morality know, of it. In, in the years, I mean, around this, before this film started actually but um, in the years sort of leading up to this film and since there really has been a, a, an appetite for gritty uh, long running shows which explore one or two big themes whether it's power yeah. or whatever or masculinity or something yeah. and you could yeah you could totally make a serial of it I don't want them to make a sequel do but you I think, do kind of want to know what happens after do you think he well I've got two questions first of all do you think he would have ratted on the police deputy or the former police deputy of that unit, or the chief of that unit, if um, Morgan Freeman's character, if he hadn't killed that paedophile. In what sense? Well, do you think the character regrets doing that, and he basically says, uh, so I a, don't a, want to... A correction. Yeah, I don't want to regret, you know, when he says, when the girl comes up to me in 20 years' time, and I'm an old man, and she says... Basically, you know, you knew that I wasn't with my mum, and you did nothing. Basically, um, perhaps, yeah, perhaps, because um, it does force him by killing by killing the guy. It does force him to to battle with that again. But it, he is a character who showed that who's shown that before that he would have he would have erred on that side any anyway. You know, choosing what is morally right. I mean. I don't know if it's a really obvious question. What would you do? What would you have done in this situation? Well, that was my other question to you. What do you, mm. you know? What did he make the right decision? I mean, for me, there isn't a question. I would have absolutely kept her with Morgan Freeman. Well, that's interesting. I actually went with Pat on this one. Yeah. I think as awful and terrible as the mother was, 
and is and you know they 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 show it several times like even after she's rescued yeah even after yeah even after she's rescued you know one thing they said was when the, they're on about the doll and the doll the mum thinks the doll's called Mirabelle yeah, yeah it's Annabelle and it's just and it's, like yeah and and you know I mean right from the start even before the we, before, before we knew what the mother was like it, there was this mention like her alibi was that she put the kid to bed and then went round to her neighbours for 30 minutes and I thought mm. are you fucking kidding me I, I mm. don't even go downstairs without putting the monitor on when I put my daughter to bed you know that um, and obviously morally yep yeah, the, the child should stay with the mother but equally children are taken from parents all the time if they're not fit to parent yeah and she 100% and I think, is not fit to parent yeah, well maybe I think she might be borderline like maybe she's clearly in our eyes not fit to parent well I think if there you are did this, if terrible, you did this one time there are where worse. You, if you're not in the house and your four-year-old yeah. gets kidnapped and you're not yeah, away for some emergency that, that, do you know what fit to that's, parent. that's a fair point <laughs> that, but again it was but it wasn't kidnapped by some nefarious gangster like cheese it was actually her uncle but the point is that it doesn't matter does it you left the child in the house by themselves yeah she's i mean child i think social services uh, I, I think social services need to be called. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know. I think you know, I do think that this, there's no way... That, I mean, if it was just, you know, if it was a... And this is why it's a good moral quandary, because if it was just a bit of a negligent mother who wouldn't help the child reach its full potential and so on, versus this police chief who definitely will, then that would yeah. be a quandary. Whereas actually a neglectant mother to the point of abuse, then yeah. I don't. I do. I, for me, it's not a question, but I can see how others would disagree, and that's what makes yeah. it a great moral question. Yeah, because I think as well, and um, Angie's character, well, Michelle Monaghan's character, makes a very strong point where she goes when she's she's suddenly and like <laughs> what um, Peter Bradshaw in his Guardian review said, she's suddenly like Old Testament justice sort of lady, <laughs> you know, which. Uh, was a bit, she, you know, which was a bit odd, and she was, you know, compared to how she is in the rest of the film, sort of thing. And he was saying that, and she's sorry, she says that, you know, people don't change, and it's whether you think that, um, you know, Amanda's mother is going to change. Is she is Hel- Helene or Helen or whatever you want to call her? Yeah, she absolutely is not changed. You know, like yeah. I just, and it's, and it, it, you know. I just now that I'm a parent and 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 I'm a quite a, a quite a hands-on parent, mm. it really bugs me when people aren't. <laughs> so to see that on screen, it, it was difficult when she hadn't even put a plan into place to for who's going to look after her yeah. four-year-old daughter or maybe five by that point, while she goes on a date. And I just yeah yeah there are people like that, and I just it's, cannot relate. To it's them. very it's very realistic though. I mean, you know, we yeah. It yeah. You know, we we grew up in a place that's probably wasn't the nicest uh, area of where our town we're from, and you know, I saw firsthand people mothers neglecting their kids quite badly, yeah. and yeah, I seen you know, I've, you know, touch wood, we were we were lucky we didn't have negligent parents or mothers, yeah, exactly. but, but we knew people, we saw it on the streets, and you saw it if you went into like some kids' houses, you could see the the sort of negligence and. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it, what make it's what makes it a sort of film that if I'd known beforehand what it was about, I wouldn't have wanted to watch it. But it's what made it, as as you said, kind of evocative and, and got some emotions from me. Some of the yeah. things I really loved about it, it isn't it is a noir film, really, isn't it? Like you said, yeah, yeah noir. Um, I love neo. I love that genre noir. I love this noir genre. It and it does it without overstepping. So I've recently been watching uh, rewatching uh, the. 
I think most recent series of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, which I'd only seen through, I think, once before, and there is a <laughs> there is a noir episode. <laughs> really? Where Charlie's playing a sort of detective, and it's done oh, yeah. so well, it's so well observed, because everything is a, is a really clever, clever little quip, and a little, like just funny way of describing something you know I can't, I can't put my finger on any specific ones but you know uh, that's me doing the two step by myself and he's it start it starts with him uh, seemingly bleeding to death and then he's narrating saying oh you might be wondering who, the, who this guy is doing the, doing the two step all by himself uh, or something like that you know and it's kind of everything's so clever clever he's never he's never um, he's never l- loses his composure he's always got a witty comeback that sort of thing and this film does it so well without being over the over over the top uh, kind of uh, gratingly witty and clever clever um so when it when it was came time to choose a favorite line i had about 15 that i liked but mm-hmm. very few that were like my favorite line but he's just he's just really good and you know when he's when he's in the bar with big dave and he's yeah. like well, you seem quite obsessed with people's asses there big dave and all this <laughs> and, and what a character by the way you know he's hard as nails and never backs down and that scene you know that scene in Big Big Dave's bar is the the time when we go okay this is a time when you should be shitting yourself and you are completely holding your own here and even if I was in his position and had a gun I wouldn't be holding my own anything like (laughs) the way he's doing it do you like the do you like the fact that both him and Michelle Monaghan's character um and you, they're both they they they're both early thirties, but they both look younger than the age they yeah. are. Yeah, they both and look I, young but act old as well. They you know, they, ha- they yeah. act hard as nails. Yeah, or they act mature, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And, Which, and I thought that was good. And yeah, I tell you what, on a performance level, Ed Harris is quickly becoming one of my favourite actors. He's so good, isn't he? From doing this podcast, I've now seen three more of his films that I hadn't seen before, and I'd mm. never really appreciated him as an actor. I'd seen him in, in only a handful of things. And you know, if you ask, if you ask me about top ten actors, his name would never pop into my mind. But now I'm thinking, this fucking guy, <laughs> he's, he's such got a good incredible actor. presence, hasn't he? Such great presence and such great yeah. character. I loved his character in History of Violence. What's great about his character in this one is the complexity of it. And as you know, I love The Wire. Um, and so, what's great about that is the moral grey areas. It's not the good guy. The good guys aren't the cops, and the bad guys, the drug dealers. Some of the drug dealers are good some of the times, and the cops are bad some of the times and it deals with the complexity of morality and he does that so well Morgan Freeman is brilliant in this film I feel like he's maybe been a bit freewheeling the last 10 years I can't remember a genuinely uh, great performance from him for the last 10 years and he's 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 allowed to he's in his 70s or whatever and he's and he's got a great career to look back on so he's allowed to do that I mean he's got you know when you've got seven under your belt I think you can do what what you want can't you and just a couple of scenes like when he's explaining about his uh, how his child died to Angie um, I thought oh my god and there was a couple of the couple of notes in the in the background in the soundtrack that were a bit Shawshank uh, soundtrack and it's just like something about it that is so stirring to have his voice and you know looking you dead in the eye I thought it was I thought it was amazing yeah. So great performances all around. Here's I don't know why Michelle Monaghan isn't a bigger star. Cause she's in some big films and she's beautiful, but she's I just she's not a household name as much as I thought she would be. Really, I can't remember. I she's, she's been in another film we covered. Yeah, she was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, but she's not. Yeah. She's a, by no means a, a household name. And I'm really yeah, surprised. it was interesting. In the, again, in the review, I was I'm going to read later, which I probably won't mention. Uh, 
this bit in the review that I've picked out was they said actually it's nice to see her playing opposite age appropriate males in the film because like mm. in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yeah. we're supposed to believe that her and Robert Downey Jr. are yeah. the same age solid 10-15 years between yeah, them he's, he's clearly 40 and she's clearly about 23 or 24 <laughs> yeah oh, I think oh actually I think she is a little bit younger isn't she I think she's 45 now so she's yeah she's probably 20, uh, 30 in this yeah, um, uh, yeah, about thirty. And when was When did that come out? Uh, I think the year or two before this. It's, yeah, it's around the same sort of time, isn't it? So she'd she'd be less oh, so than thirty. Late, and so yeah, RDJ's like in his forties. Yeah, he's clearly forty, isn't he? And yeah. even if she was like five years younger than, and he's him. a good-looking forty, but yeah, they're different. They're not quite right. Whereas yeah. her and Kissy Affleck makes a lot yeah, more sense. Yeah, the same it? age, aren't they? Essentially, yeah. Um, so the twist. Did you see the twist coming? Did you read it a mile off, or were you? No, I tell was you it what. When the tram, he said, "Oh, did you hear a recording? Did you read a transcript?" And then he goes, "No, I must have remembered it wrong." And that's when the penny dropped for me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, shit, the kid's alive." Well, <laughs> that was. I mean, it took me a while to figure that out. It really did, and I, I didn't actually see that coming. And I think what this film does so that's well good, though, it? is it shows you the other kid is dead. Yes, and and also it gives you hope she's alive because you find out that it wasn't really didn't really go down as, it, as you thought it did but she just died as an accident and I I, I was completely convinced that she died as an yeah. accident I sort of had this another another sort of sinking of the gut I acceptance like... of that and then another twist on top of that without being twist for twist's sake to be more twisty and then and then for Ed Harris to die in a way where you're thinking when he dies you're thinking this is a bad guy for then you to really respect him and love kind of what he did at his own personal cost by the end you know it's a beautiful twist it's a twist that brings mm. so many things together and makes you see characters differently yeah um, he's he's in a, he's, in a realistic way. he's basically saying isn't he about you know can you you know like what he did where he said he planted evidence you know he thinks again no characters doing stupid shit are they they're mm. doing stuff in their code of morality is the right action he thinks it's the right thing to do yeah. for this child and for his police chief or his police partner or whatever it's it's and really it's a really sort of would you would you steal a loaf of bread to feed your family yeah. on a on a bigger scale in a really yeah. fascinating moral way, and and I, and I love it for it. You know, it really um, because it's, when he died, I thought, "What a piece of shit!" And then, yeah, yeah and then you find out, no, he wasn't. He, he even said to Morgan Freeman's character, "This isn't about us anymore. It's about her." Yeah, Amazing. yeah, he does, doesn't he? And Amazing. he's willing. To, I mean, he's literally almost. He's willing to kill, isn't he? he goes and to, die. He, yeah. yeah, he goes to that bar, doesn't he, to kill. Um, mm. They um, tights well with, with the great with the great moustache. Well, this yeah, is it, and, and in that moment, you think, well, he's trying to cover uh, up his own his own thing, Leonard. but actually, he's actually he's trying to protect. He's trying to cover up his own thing, but he's actually protecting the girl even yeah. further. It's it's amazing. It's amazing, and, and it's, also just the last thing on Ed Harris's performance. Yeah, sure. That that speech where they, where he's giving about um, planting heroin and so on. This he's got this brilliant controlled rage that really good actors do. Where if I got myself that het up. I'd be shaking for five minutes, but he just swallows it and uh, and makes a point. You know, he somehow yeah. gets to that level, tears in his eyes, and yeah. then makes a point, and that's it. And it's a beautiful yeah. control of his emotions. And like you were saying earlier, like he, and it's only because they've been in this like life or death situation that actually Ed Harris's character slips up and lets him know. Like literally, the film hinges on, or the, mm. the plot hinges on him making a mistake when he's angry because yeah. when he mentioned Ray our old friend Ray I was like oh uh, wait a minute that doesn't quite 
I hadn't put it together because, as you know, I'm a bit thick when I watch films, so I don't mm. really <laughs> see twists before they happen. Yeah. But I was like, that doesn't chime properly. And also, pa- Patrick hasn't mentioned it, so am I? Am I thick here? And he's really good at, at holding his cards to his chest, Patrick, like that. You know, when he when he spots something like that, or the transcript thing, he's like, "Oh, I must have been mistaken." Yeah. Rather than, okay, yeah. let me tell you everything. Yeah, he's yeah. A brilliant he, character. Such a well-written yeah. character. Yeah, he is, and he's and he's ballsy as well because he goes up to him. On the at the day of the funeral and says yeah. shit to him, doesn't he about yeah. um, about that guy? Yeah, that's it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, I think I watch it. The more I think about it, so I think it's a crying shame that they didn't make a few more of these. You know, because it would have been. But then again, that that yeah, attitude, if they had, we'd have been oh fucking Hollywood can't have any original ideas. <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's one of those where I think you're right. This the ending is bittersweet and I think it's perfect for that as much as I do love Man on Fire and a, and a spoiler for Man on Fire the Hollywood ending of it although having said that it is bittersweet but the Hollywood ending of the reunion and so on is a little bit it can be cheesy in your reflection of the film it's what you want while you're watching the film Yeah, but it's a bit cheesy on reflection whereas this one is just real it's yeah Helena has not changed really she's maybe a bit happier and a bit more together but she's she's just leaving the kid there yeah. Um, doesn't even kiss her goodbye. Um, and got the name of the teddy bear wrong. And it just ends. And I was, when they were sat on the sofa, I thought, please end here because this is a perfect point at which to end. You know, yeah. it, it, it can't, it don't do any more, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, so, was there anything you didn't like about this film? Honestly, not really, except for the fact that. It was really depressing me, <laughs> and I had to go and check on my daughter. <laughs> so it kind of gave me trauma. But I really, um, in the notes I've made, I haven't even written anything for things I didn't like. I'd forgotten that I'm supposed to make notes on that, which mm. I think is a good compliment to the film. That I forgot even the the, the structure of our show meant I'm supposed to come up with criticisms. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe they didn't give enough to Michael K. Williams because when he popped up. And he didn't say anything, and he was just on screen for about five frames. And then he's not in the film for about 30 minutes. I thought, oh, so he's clearly the bad guy? Because this is a well-respected <laughs> actor he's who's already Omar in The Wire, who people love. Yeah. And he's not had a line yet. Right. But I've been showing him. He must be involved. But then yeah. he's just got one scene, and he's and he's obviously fantastic, because that's, yeah. that's who he was. Yeah, he has a good scene, doesn't he? He gets a nice little... He, I like his line where he's like, thanks for the steak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, well, that's fine. That's hey, you know what? That's what this film's about. If you can't, f- I mean, I'm sure there are flaws. You know, the critics they can see the flaws in the film, so maybe I'll mention that later. Sure. Th- again, I didn't find it boring. I didn't find it predictable. No, there's n- the performances are all solid and good. Like, like you said, you spoke about um, Ed oh, Harris. Yeah. You know, maybe he goes over the top a little bit, but I don't feel like he no, does. I don't think that. No, yeah, it's because he's um, serious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Thingy's so really good, good in this, isn't she? Um, Amanda's mum. Um, yeah, Amy Ryan. Oh, I've not mentioned Ryan, yet. Yeah. She's one. She's wonderful. Yeah, a lot of people really think she's great in this film. It's only, honestly, it's a really like a bit like history, a history of violence. A really underrated film, I think. It um, is. Yeah, it is. Because I, yeah. I'd never had it recommended before. It's like you need to watch this. It just seemed like a bit of a. Oh, yeah. This will do. Stick it on Netflix. Yeah. Maybe you don't have like, like. Like say like with Ben, Ben's like your like famous 
art house indie film aficionado. Maybe you need like a boring bland man film aficionado. <laughs> so when the well, good ones I like to think pop that's out, you. oh my! When the good I mean, ones you literally recommended flop. this film for me. So yeah, yeah, literally, literally. Yeah. This and uh, History of Violence. Yeah. Um, the sort of forty million, not quite blockbuster. Yeah, but yeah. Hollywood this films, was less than that. I think this was twenty-two million. Let's have a look. What well, IMDb got says a decent here. amount for that. It made its money. It made its money back at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quickly find it. That's good. Yeah, Nineteen I think, I think million that's, and a yeah, thirty-four that's a really good, return. Really good from that budget. What was yeah. the return? Ninety million. No, no, thirty-four million. Oh, thirty-four million. That's, that's so, decent. So it deserved probably more. made. It probably made a little bit of profit. It probably didn't. It's a hard sell, though. Million or two. Yeah. Come to the cinema and watch this film. That'll really but bum then you out. People but used to really watch films like this, things. didn't they? People used to watch these kind of mid-budget films. Yeah, you know, and it's the they've. I mean, I don't think they're gone. I think they've gone to Netflix and I think they've gone to Amazon rather than being in your multiplex. Like yeah, if you right. if you can accept the landscape now is. You, if you're going to go to the multiplex, you're going to go out and spend all that money. You want to see some... Sp- some existing IP, and it's going to be $100 million at least. You want it to spe- dazzle you and, spe- and be spectacular. Yeah. If you, because TV is so good these days, and something like this might have been on you know, HBO in America as a TV show 10 years, five years ago, or, in the, or today, you know, back in 2007. Maybe it was seen as a movie film, a movie sort of... A movie film. Yeah, a yeah. movie film. Yeah, film. A movie, a, yeah, I feel like it's a yes, sort of Film, film that um, yeah, film. that either wouldn't you know, <laughs> you know that I mean? either it's a sort of film that either TV wouldn't be on at the show. Odeon that I go to, or it would be on for three days and I'd have to catch it before it's too late. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that they get this really short, short shrift at the uh, cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, right, Sam. What I want to know is your favorite scene, favorite line, and favorite shot. We'll start with favorite, favorite scene. scene I think because it underlines the moral message and the moral quandary of the film has to be Ed Harris's what's his character Ed Harris Brisson and uh, and Patrick talking about when he planted evidence once so for me it's definitely that really not myself yeah Uh, for myself yeah for myself it was when he goes into the drug den house and that's very very tense and you know something's not quite right and you know that there's some that 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 tension and dread that you feel and then it you know you see obviously it starts when that guy gets the other <laughs> copper gets shot and then he goes in and he sees the old man dead on the floor um was it Hector Salamanca from uh, Breaking Bad? Hector, what have you done? <laughs> you know, um, and so the tension in that bit is just amazing for me. That scene, that's what I really, that's mm. why I really liked it. And you know, the the ending of it's really like because you don't know because like uh, he, again, like you like this character, but I don't know if I think he did the right thing when he killed the paedophile murderer as much as that so you know It'd somebody so you could justify killing it. ultimately yeah I mean if I had a gun in my hand and he was there and I'd just seen the boy yeah I, yeah and and I, and I suspect that he probably killed the girl as well I'd be like the only reason I wouldn't kill him is I'd try and get information out of him from where Amanda is yeah like did you by the way did you kill Amanda all right, now I kill him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I genuinely and I, I don't really like him when people say, "Oh, now I'm a parent, I'm different, etc." But I don't know if I'd have thought of that before I had a child. Really, but I certainly think it now. And I often say this: I, I often give kind of um, when I'm teaching free will and determinism to my students, I give them scenarios, and I do say if somebody did something really bad to a member of your family, 
would you rather they die or would you rather they were rehabilitated or went to prison and rotted forever basically and I do say that if even though I'm a hard determinist and I think that nobody can truly be blamed for their actions I do think I'd still kill somebody if they did something horrible to someone I loved I mean, it, uh, you it's, know. at that moment you as much as it's I wasn't entirely sure that he was going to kill him. I'm also very much of, I wouldn't blame anyone for doing it sort of thing. It makes perfect, it makes complete, again, nobody does anything that you wouldn't, you're surprised by. Exactly. And and that's the only thing that's out of character, but not in a way that's like, oh, the filmmaker's clearly forgotten who this character is. It forms part of the moral quandary and part of his character development arc and so on. So Sam, you said you had a lot of favourite lines for this film. Pick, give me a best one. Yeah, I won't go through because there's a lot of just really good speeches and yeah, soliloquies and, yeah. and little comebacks. I and again, it's from that scene. It's uh, Pat- Patrick says, "My priest says shame is God telling you what you did was wrong." And I love that Bresson says, "Fuck him." <laughs> and Patrick says, "Murder's a sin," and uh, Bresson says, "Depends on who you do it to." Yeah. And again, to really summarise the the moral message of this film, that is the conflict. Between yeah, and he two. goes on, doesn't he, Bresson, to say, "You know, pick a side." Yeah. Fuck your name, man. And yeah. he's like got tears in his eyes. Beautiful performance. Yeah. Uh, my favourite line of the film comes from Remy as well, where he goes, where I come from, you die with your secrets. <laughs> that's great. It's that just is, quality, yeah. isn't it? And that's, again, I, we, I've mentioned it before, so I'm not going to go on about it, but you can just always tell the difference between a film that's adapted from a novel and one that's written solely yes. for the screen. Yes, they definitely, just, and and and, you're al- and I think in a novel you're allowed to have a character make a speech. Yes, and this film, when you look at the lines on IMDb, it's speeches. Yeah, you know, and it's people laying out their manifesto. And I suppose somebody could criticise that and say, "Oh, it's a bit preachy," or people don't talk like that. People aren't allowed that amount of time to lay out a manifesto before the next person cuts in. Uh, but fuck it, <laughs> you know, they're good speeches. People who can be that, maybe not that enraged and maybe in the moment you know because obviously Remy would character would be probably beside himself with grief with his partner at that point he's not dead he's just in hospital on death's door but you know maybe he had a bit of hope but you know people can be that eloquent sometimes in real life I think oh, not just that speech I meant like the film is made oh, of lots sorry. of speeches right, whether yeah, it's yeah. Morgan Freeman or you know yeah. Patrick or Remy or whatever yeah like when he when Morgan Freeman's character basically says to um when he says to thing he doesn't he says to uh, Angie Angie Patrick. yeah to Angie where he's going about his daughter dying like yeah. you can imagine somebody saying that to somebody that's a, that's a speech worthy time yeah. yeah that is right for a speech yeah uh, um, okay yeah, any other lines you want to bob in no there, there, there's loads of great ones and I, I'll tell you what, I'll do I'll do one more sort of comedic line and that is um, you know Big Dave's a big fucking hard man and everybody there is clearly on his side and Pat is completely outnumbered and outsized yeah. um, and he's going on at him and he says you're awfully worried about people's asses Big Dave <laughs> like, and he's just like god how are you in a position to be joking with this guy I would have I would have pissed myself and walked out yeah I like it as well when, uh, as he's leaving, he goes, make me a fucking martini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that guy, you know, as the, and, and we've all been in that situation where you get out of a tense situation like that and somebody says something and you're just happy to be out of the situation and he, and he glocks the guy in the face for saying, if you ever want to fuck yeah. some time, or, you know, it just smashes him in. I'm like, yeah, yeah this guy's ballsy and I'm glad. And he basically goes, how do you like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. how do you like them apples? <laughs> yeah, 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 another Boston film. Um, <laughs> 
Favourite shot then, Sam? Favourite shot? Do you have a favourite shot? The, yeah, I think it's it's a, a really nice, uh, what is it, sunrise, sunset, when, uh, sunset probably, when uh, Remy's dying on the on the roof. Oh yeah, that is beautiful. That is well backdrop on yeah. it. And I think it's a thumbnail of on Netflix or one of them. Obviously not showing Remy dying, but showing Pat against the backdrop. Yeah. It's, it's quite a pretty shot. Yeah, uh, mine was the slow-mo of when Angie, that moment when she decides to dive in the water. Oh yeah, that's really good. That's a good character moment as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's like Captain America jumping on the grenade. That shows a lot about a character that they're the one willing to do that. Yeah. And it was ambiguous enough. I thought, well, that, that that thing must be the doll because otherwise they would know whether the girl was dead or not. But uh, when she jumped in, I was a bit kind of, oh, what's that thing in yeah. the water? Is that the doll or is what is this? I you really know? like as well that the the films, like sort of third person narrative, almost is. Um, it's almost it's an unreliable narrator as well I quite like that yeah. that you get like you think it's this and it's like it basically shows you that what I suppose ultimately the film is actually is seen through Pat's eyes isn't it and he's maybe yeah. those he's imagining her yeah, walking off yeah because that was when I was totally convinced I yeah. thought yeah she's dead because we've seen her walk off yeah and blindfolded and oh I just had a horrible yeah. feeling about it you know yeah. just, oh, just this poor girl walking off a cliff blindfolded yeah, it's really it's really good isn't it that it's like yeah. sort of you think just because because it's been shown on screen even That's though right. it's in flashback oh, but then the flashbacks are unreliable I, I really liked that actually that was yeah. uh, the other films have done that or TV shows have done it and I really like when you yeah. can't trust it's beautifully it, done ultimately yeah and they played with the audience expectation. I think that's very clever. Right, Sam, we're going to have a break now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get the critics. We're going to get your views. We're going to find out what film we're doing next week, and we're going to have a quiz. How do you say? What do you say to that? Lots to look forward to, listener. Fantastic. See you after the break. Hello, welcome back to the third and final part of this film review show that we call Please Watch This and Gone Baby Gone. Smooth. Sam, I know you always like to hear what the critics think. Guess who's on this week's episode doing reviews? Is it Peter Siskel? Dun, Peter Siskel. I mean, of the, of the Guardian Bradshaw. Oh, of the Guardian Bradshaw. No, he's later. And Peter Siskel is not a person. Fictional person, right. Okay, so it's he's, probably... Yeah. I mean, you might be a Peter Siskel if you're a film reviewer. Do, email do in films, but... at Please Watch Pod. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah. Roger Ebert. Right, Roger Ebert. He had he had opinions. I'll give you his. It's not a long review I've got here from Rog. Here, obviously, you can read his full review on his website. But uh, he basically says Ben Affleck has his brother Casey and Monaghan play babes in the deep dark woods. Their youth and inexperience working for them as they wonder about wonder about what veteran cops don't question. The result is a superior police procedural and something more: a study in devious human nature. He further says, I know the title sounds like the movie should star Bill Haley and the Comets, but there is a rough authenticity from the first shot. So he really liked the That sounds the like a three and a half stars to me. 
You bang on, oh, yeah. yeah. And then Roger now. I feel like I get him. You, you that's get out of four, listener, by the way, if you weren't sure. You yeah, so that's... It's a good review, but it's not... I, I think he might have... I think he... Yeah, if he was still alive, I think he could have changed that if he goes back to it, I think. But he's caught, so he's dead. That's sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... So you wanted to hear what uh, Peter Gardner and the Bradshaw I had did. to say. So Peter Gardner and the Bradshaw had to say... Now, he wasn't as glowing, but I still think he liked it a little bit. But he does talk about the criticisms of the film. Yeah, let's so get he into says, it. Because we, we yeah. really haven't criticised this film yet. <laughs> no, he does have... He has one major criticism. Yep. He says, The flaw in this film is Michelle Monaghan, who once again gives a faintly kiss... Sisterish, kid sisterish <laughs> performance. At least here she is playing opposite a man who is credibly the same age as her. In Maid of Honor and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, she was saddled with male leads who were supposedly her exact contemporary, <laughs> and yet obviously in each other case, the older man. Her character turns out to be a more vengeful and more possess, possessed of Old Testament values than is entirely consistent with the rather gentle, muted personality she projects in earlier scenes. He goes on to further say this is a well-crafted pulp and the director contrives a neatly judged final shot before the credits two people watching daytime tv left alone with their lack of illusions mm, nice and i really I, like that I, line it is a wonderful line i wonder if he believes that about when the character stars, i wonder if he, he uh well before i do that i wonder if he yeah, um yeah, sorry but it's good use of stars. It's stars. a surgery scare. Um, I wonder if it, he <laughs> believes that because he falls on the Casey on the Casey Affleck side of things, where he thinks that her believing that this woman shouldn't get her child back is is more vengeful and so on. I think it was a moment when she sees the girl, and the performance was very believable to me that she was like, "I now think that we should leave her." with Morgan Freeman it sounds like a three star out of five for Peter Bradshaw and the, of the Peter Guardian of the Bradshaw yeah Peter Guardian of the Bradshaw yeah he went with um, he went with uh, three stars which again I think is a bit harsh maybe he just really didn't like Michelle Monaghan in this <laughs> I think she was really good she it? was yeah but I mean she's could have more that's his only criticism but, as well yeah uh, and that's that's an interesting thing as well maybe, you know, you, maybe he felt the character was inconsistent but whereas I think she changed her mind in a way that was yeah. believable because she saw the girl yeah yeah, yeah, and she says it doesn't like you said. She says it. She was always worried yeah. about getting wrapped up in this this whole case in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Right then, Sam. The the true critic, the only it, critic, more important than Ebert. More important than Ebert. Better than Peter Guardian. Bigger than the Bradshaw. Better than <laughs> better than the Buddha. <laughs> Tell me, how many cheeses out of ten would you give this film? Girls love the cheddar. I um, <laughs> they do indeed. I would. I, it's tricky to rate. When I first watched it, well, before I watched it, I thought this is going to be six point five. When I first watched it, I thought oh, this is a pretty solid. This is a really good eight. I'm going to go for eight point five. Okay. After our conversation, because it's really made me realise I actually love this film. Yeah, I really like this film. Again, like a bit like a history of violence. Uh, I, it's very underrated. It's an eight or a nine. I, I, I don't know what's missing to make it. A, it's not a 10 well this is it because I don't really have a, a formed criticism of it um, but I'm still not giving it a 10 and I think we've talked about it at length in the past but a 10 has to kind of go beyond just being flawless although it can, yeah. it can have flaws of course but also maybe I just don't have the words to, to express or the, the the points of reference to express I, what's I not think quite a 10, a ten about it. 
I think a 10 also has to be a seminal movie in some regard sometimes, doesn't it? Like, yeah, like Lawrence of Arabia is a seminal movie. Although seminal makes it sound like it has to be epic or, you know, important. I think for you, a 10 could be a film that you just love that nobody really seems to care about. True. Like, True. Uh, it's, weird. Yeah. it's weird. Like, I think... I think it has to have a big impact on you individually. Yeah, even it? if like, culturally it's not really... like. One of my yeah, favourite all-time films is Crazy but, Stupid Love, and would I give that a 10? Maybe I would, even though it's not perfect or seminal. I don't know, it's really, yeah. it's an odd, it's an odd thing. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, so that was Gone Baby Gone. Sam, would you recommend 2007's Gone Baby Gone? Not to me, I wouldn't, because I've got a four-year-old daughter, and I won't be recommending it to any <laughs> fathers out there, but I would recommend it to your average cinema going, yeah. yes. Yeah, and we managed to go a whole a whole episode about childhood abduction without mentioning Madeline McCann and yeah. um, and Thingy Matthews. Sharon when Matthew, I, man- Shannon when Matthews, I mentioned so this well done. film to my partner, she said, "Oh, I think that uh, it was it was delayed because of Madeline McCann." Yes, it's about it was, that time. Yeah. God, it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's definitely dead. And good old good old Shannon Matthews from our hometown. Represent. Represent. <laughs> How old would she be now? She must be. Because that was like 13, 14 She'd years be ago. Like she was eight or nine. Yeah. Gosh. She's out there Gosh. somewhere, somewhere. hopefully doing well. Poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. There's a case where giving it back to the mother was a She should be living with Morgan Freeman right now. Because she, she should be living she with Morgan. Really nice I school. hope Shannon Matthews is living with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. That is the takeaway <laughs> from this film. If you're listening, if you're listening father, Shannon, reach Shannon. out at Please Watch Pod. <laughs> Yes. Hugh, anyway. if Shannon Matthews wants to get in touch uh, via email, how well, what, you... well, Sam, I've got to ask you another oh, question yes. before we find out. The email habits of Shannon Matthews is, what film are we doing next week? Well, next week is going to be our last film before Christmas, so I think I yep. figure... Why not make it a Christmas film? Um, oh, Christmas themed movie film. Yeah, and you were like, "Well, I've seen all the all the Christmas films, so there's, then, there's, then there's no wrong, point in investigating it? this." So I thought, "Oh, I'll do. Go- I'll Google this for three minutes." And it turns out one of my into one Inspector of my, Gadget, one of my all time favorite Christmas films, you haven't seen. <laughs> go go Gadget Penis, which is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, which I what if, genuinely what do you know don't want to watch. Yeah, you did see. Pretty <laughs> I'm being brutally honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I I I, I don't know. I, I, it looks. I know that thing he's in it, isn't he? Um, uh, John Candy's in it, isn't he? No, no, is he not in this one? So I don't even have John Candy to look forward <laughs> to. I don't hate Chevy Chase, but I do think he's a complete cunt. Yeah, him so, maybe, but you know, you can still uh, like Griswolds. Fair enough. So I might enjoy it and enjoy the nostalgia. I think I'm going to get a heavy nostalgia buzz. I think it's from for a time that I wasn't or alive. Like that. So it'll be. Yeah. It'll feel like childhood. Yes, so I am looking forward to a good nostalgia buzz. It's a film I watch most Christmases. Uh, it's an yeah. absolute stone foot co- so-called favourite of mine. So yeah, nice, I love nice. it. Well, Listener, what I want to know is Christmas what is your mood? go-to Christmas favourite? Maybe one that you have to watch every year. I've already seen Home Alone this year. I intend to watch it two more times at least. I've also seen Home Sweet Home, Home Alone, uh, just to get more of that buzz. Uh, Listener, what's your favourite Christmas movie? Hugh, how can they tell us their favourite Christmas movie? Well, what they need to do, Sam, is they need to um, become a saint in the uh, Catholic Church oh, yeah. um, and then move to Norway for whatever reason in Lapland. Right. Um, and then once they've done that, they then need to set up some sort of workshop making toys. Yeah. And then slave labor around or Easter elf time. Labor. Or, el- or uh, slave prefer- elf. Preferably slave elf. Right, right, right. Or umpa loompas if you can get yeah. them. 
cheaper. Um, and then around Easter time, give kids um, chocolate bunnies. I think right. that's how I would do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so but in the chocolate bunnies the chocolate leave bunnies, emails, um, yeah. messages, yeah. and hope that yeah. one of them gets yeah. to yeah. my kid who's yeah. not been abducted yeah. by that point. Okay, fair enough. Now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to uh, please watch this pod at gmail. If they haven't got access to being canonized, see how I avoided doing a, a joke there about kids being abducted. Yeah, no, I, that was that took honestly, a lot of work. You have grown a lot in the last you know, one and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if they maybe I mean email for example if they have access to an email how could they do that yeah yeah oh please watch this at uh, gmail sorry please watch this dot pod at gmail.com Sam if they want to get in touch with us on social media <laughs> sorry I just had a, um, a flash of nostalgia to the the first six episodes we did where you got the email address wrong <laughs> but it turns out in the 112 episodes since 106 episodes since it's, it's made was, no fucking impact I was, do you know what I was, try, I was trying to get the episode done you know, so the listeners didn't have to listen to agonise and listen to us yeah. you know talk about email like this uh, anyway we're on Twitter at Please Watch Pod we're on Twitter at Please Watch Pod get in touch with us you beautiful Sweet. people well, Hugh. Right then. Get your Christmas tree up. I look forward to talking at you next yeah. week. I'll talking to you and listener. We'll talk at yeah. you next week. Our, I love you dearly. Our Christmas jumper episode, the way you can't see us wearing Christmas jumpers. <laughs> there'll be, but we'll there'll be, be bells every other minute. I'll insist on Hugh yeah. editing those in. Yeah, every other minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, then, we so love you guys. See you next week. See you next week. Take care, guys. All the best. Bye. Bye.